This is an ABC podcast. They're going to claim the 2022 crown. Geelong turn a minor premiership into a 10th flag. Today, Geelong is the greatest team of all. A new AFL season is so close we can taste it. If you like Aussie rules, you've probably been devouring hardcore analysis of the many pundits who've been crystal balling in recent weeks as they pick apart list acquisitions, coaching changes, rule shifts, playing trends and patterns. This, today, is not that kind of podcast. This is what the kids would call a vibe check. Tony Armstrong is going to give us his read on some of the more intriguing stories of 2023. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Tony Armstrong is the proud owner of an AFL career spanning three clubs, seven years and 35 games, more importantly. He's a vibe lord. He can read the feels of any situation, and we're going to rely on him to do just that. We're going to check on some of the more intriguing storylines around in the AFL right now. This is an AFL vibe check, Tones. New coaches who are old coaches. This is a theme for 2023. It's a bit like how movie companies kind of realised it was just easier to do remakes, sequels, comic book spin-offs than actually make something new because they know it works. You know, mm-hmm. Top Gun, let's just go again. And on that note, what vibe are Brad Scott, Alistair Clarkson and Ross Lyon giving? Well, look, I think all of them are great coaches in their own right. I mean, we don't have to go through the laundry list of achievements Alistair Clarkson's had. We all know that Ross Lyon and Brad Scott, both of them, despite not winning flags as coaches, they both had very successful senior coaching careers before coming back into it. I think all three of them are in seriously tricky positions, all for different reasons. I'll start with Ross Lyon because I was talking about the Saints this morning. He goes to St Kilda and he thinks, you know what, there's a fair bit to work with here. There are some really good players. There's some young players on the up. They've got some pretty decent, I think, senior older players as well, but they are decimated at the moment. I think 30% of our salary caps out there, isn't it? (laughs) We know that if you start your season off slowly, it is near on impossible to get back into the eight and get back into contention. Now, I know that that it's not a one-year thing. It's not a one-year plan, but Ross Lyon would be sitting there absolutely pulling his hair out because no Tim Membry and particularly no Max King as well to start the season off. They're going to struggle for firepower. They're going to struggle to kick goals, I think. And we know that whilst every team is built off really strong defense, Geelong were a heavily scoring team last year. And if you aren't putting goals on the board, you're not putting scoreboard pressure there. You just keep other teams in it. So I think Ross Lyon, the master tactician that he is, he has his work cut out for him. The Kangaroos with Alastair Clarkson. If anyone can pull them out of the doldrum that they've been in for for quite some time now, it's him. We know what he did with Hawthorne. I arrived at Hawthorne at the end of 2004 and my, my vision at that point in time that it was going to be a six, seven, eight year process to take a team from the, the bottom rungs of the ladder up to up to the top, it happened in four years. So, But that takes time as well. And the Kangas have shown that they don't actually give you that much time. David Noble wasn't actually given the amount of time that was publicised before he took over that role as well. What um, Clarko's going to have to do there, despite all of the off-field drama that's surrounded both him and the North Melbourne Footy Club itself through Taron Thomas, they've got a massive mountain to climb. But I do think what we will see is a very hard-nosed kangaroo side, and we know that players won't be picked off the back of potential there. 
they'll be picked off the back of whether or not they are bringing, I guess, Clarko's vibe, which is hard-nosed, ruthless, ultra-competitive. And then over at the Bombers, under Scott, they need to sort out their consistency. We know what type of a player he was as well. We know that Zach Merritt has come out, the uh, skipper, and said they want to get rid of that run-and-gun moniker that they've got. And I think with all three of those clubs, I do think that all of those coaches will bring a higher baseline of competitive consistency. And then I think it's it's down to how well they can then develop the players who need to take the next steps for them to become relevant clubs again. As I said at the start, that's what I love doing. I love working with players and trying to maximise their potential. And, you know, I hope Essendon fans can can see these players, you know, improve week by week. I think all three coaches are, are brilliant coaches. Let's touch on where last season ended. The Cats oh, eviscerating. God, <laughs> Mate, they took down your Swannies. They're kind of my Swannies as well. They're very much my Swannies. But They're your Swannies. I'm trying to be impartial. I mean, if the Cats were considered too old last year, Tone, does the premiership reverse time? Like, are they still too old now? Like, where, where are we at with the Cats? It's really funny, isn't it? Because I think the way that the Cats play their footy, it's not necessarily the most uh, – dynamic's the wrong word I'm after here, but when you picture the Cats, you don't necessarily picture a team that relies on pace and speed, do you? I think the Cats play so well because they're so strong structurally – the way that they set up behind the ball, the way that they make really good decisions with ball in hand holds them in really, really good stead to, as you say, turn turn back the clock. They were too old and they were too slow last year, but age shall not weary them. The Geelong Cats, the oldest side ever to play in a VFL-AFL game. They're going to claim the 2022 crown. Tanner Bruin, Jack Bowes coming into the club, they're in their 20s. They're young. They're highly regarded. That injects a little bit of youth. I think we're going to see Tyson Stengel take another step. He was brilliant last year. Hand pass infield to Cameron. From the centre of the ground, booms a left footer inside 50. At the back of the pack, falls to the hands of Stengel for three in the turn. Sparkling Stengel at Surface Paradise. Tom Hawkins is quite evergreen as well. And the way he was playing his footy last year and the way that they were able to get the ball in there, he, he's not relying necessarily on being faster than his opponent. I guess all of the attributes that you think about from a young player versus an old player, they're not the things that Tom Hawkins relies on. I think the Cats, <laughs> they're going to be hard to beat again. Um, really, really hard to beat again. And then on the flip side, the Swans, I actually think if there's any club that can bounce back from it, from the drubbing, in the grand final, it's the Swans and the way that they go about things. You know that they've been in the lab all preseason. You know that a guy like Chad Warner's going to the next level again. Ollie Florence going up another gear. I mean, Dane Rampey's evergreen. And then guys like Buddy Franklin, he's in his 19th season. He's not taking the number one the number one guy anymore. And I think we might see him bob up every now and then and just have some amazing games. Gardner spoils, alive for Wicks at half forward, hand pass to the Barter. Butler kicks it, he's got two. But I, I think both of these clubs, for different reasons, will be right up there at the pointy end come late September, early October. Let's talk about trust, Tony. Mm-hmm. It's a cornerstone of any good relationship. And yep. I feel like Brisbane and Carlton are the ultimate trust conundrums. Can you trust the Lions and can you trust the Carlton Navy Blues? 
God, it's a tough question, isn't it? Because I reckon every year for the past five years, we're like, God, the Blues are coming. And then they kind of threaten, don't they? But then they stop. I think so much of it is contingent on health, particularly for the Blues. We've just spoken about forward line potency. God, if they can keep their two spearheads on the park in Mackay and Kerno, they will go a long a long, long way to being there in the postseason, being there in the finals and ruffling a few to the feathers. 50 for Carlton. He's looking for Mackay, nearly reeled it in with one hand. Spilled to the back to Kerno though, who snaps from 10. Charlie gobbles it up on the siren. He's got a bag to finish the game at the Docklands. I think last year they had the year that they needed to in terms of all of the really close games, they just lost but they put themselves in the position to experience it. And so all that does is that gives that nucleus, that young nucleus of that side, so much experience. So they take those lessons from those matches into this season. Do I trust the Blues? Not yet. Am I thinking that they're trending upwards? Yes, I do. The Lions, I do think you can trust them. I think like the Blues... I think they're ready to take that next step into that last week of the season. I can I can genuinely see them being a grand finalist, much like I can see the Blues making the finals. I think they've been there. They've been around the finals for a few years. All of their players have had that consistency in terms of playing in those big, big games. Guys like Hugh McCluggage are still so young, and he goes to another level. We know Lockie Neal just rocks up week in, week out. Joey Danaher... He's a star up there at the Lions. I think I think you can trust the Lions more than you can trust the Blues, but I'm still I'm still hot on the Blues. Tony, anyone who follows your social media content will know that you are a darling of Twitter. You are a darling of Instagram, <laughs> and you're good at calling out emerging music acts. I like that about you. You're ahead of the curve. Whether it's EDM, indie, hip hop, you name it. If we transfer that ability to be ahead of the curve over to the AFL. Who's the team that people are sleeping on that they should be paying attention to? I quite like the Dockers. <laughs> Producer Poppy Penny just got really excited. Tell me why. Yeah, I'm 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 a little bit disappointed though that you didn't tell me Poppy was listening to our pre-podcast chat. But she's always, uh, listening, Tony. She's always, <laughs> always. I've got to remember. I'm in the, I'm in the ABC. Someone's watching or listening everything we do. Now, see, see, I really like the Dockers because I think. They kind of, much much the way that the Swans go about things, you don't really hear much noise from, a, I guess, a stability point of view coming out of, coming out of that footy club. And I spoke about defense before. Their defense, when they get it right, they are near on impossible to score against. They are so, so stingy, and that keeps you in games. And I, and I do think we're going to see number seven play way more forward. As they send it back inside, forward 50 again. Spills down. Here is five. He suckers it off the ground. And what I think happens there is if he's able to stay out there on the park, he becomes one of the top three or four forwards in the game straight away. Him alongside Tabernar, you've got Sun Sun in underneath him. I think all of a sudden that forward line looks just about as potent as there is in the competition. And I love the midfield. I love, love, love the midfield. Obviously led by Brayshaw in there. I think he's an absolute superstar of the game. Hand pass over the head. Perfect to both. To Finlayson. Got him. Said Brayshaw. It's such a well-trotted out line. But if he was over here, um, I'm based in Melbourne. If he was over here at a big Melbourne club, he would be a poster boy for the whole competition. So I think it's all there for the Dockers to go top four this year. That's what I think.
You touch on hashtag Vic Bias, and that's where I want to finish because you've lived and played in South Australia, and we've hit mm-hmm. every other state, and I want to ask you about SA. Are either of those teams going to be relevant, Tone? Look, I think both of those sides will bounce. I think towards the back end of last year, we saw a Crows side that was very, very competitive. I think they're, they're going to bounce. And I think um, from a Port Adelaide point of view, I see Port Adelaide finishing sort of between 6 and 10. I think the Crows probably, I see them uh, between 8 and 12. I, I think they'll bounce a bit. But I see Port sort of being being one of those sides that, geez, you might not want to play come the end of the season. I see, I see them being a sort of hot or cold side. Tone, the vibes are immaculate. We're excited. <laughs> We're on the edge of the season. Thanks for sharing your guide to the AFL season of 2023. Stacky anytime, mate. Headlines. The Sydney Kings are NBL champions once again after beating the New Zealand Breakers in the deciding Game 5 in the Harbour City. They've done it again. The Sydney Kings sit on their throne and rule over the NBL. Back-to-back champions. Coach Chase Buford has two titles in two years and a 70% win record. Oofed. 18,000 punters rocked up to the Kingdom to cheer them home. League MVP Xavier Cooks had many injuries, but he also had much influence in Game 5 with 19 points and 11 rebounds. His next stop is the NBA and the Washington Wizards. If the Kings' victory was joyous, it was heartbreak for the Aussie baseball team overnight. They were one of the stories of the World Baseball Classic, knocking over the highly touted South Korea in the early stages before falling just short in the quarters against heavyweights Cuba, beaten 4-3. They're hoping they've redefined the way baseball is viewed in Australia. And Kevin Walters entered the NRL season with some, including his own player, Selwyn Cobbo, raising questions about his tenure at the Broncos. Well, two rounds in, two wins down. It's clear the Brisbane brass has seen enough. News Corp is reporting Walters has been signed to a two-year contract extension. He's tied to the club until the end of 2025. They're calling it a Kevolution because his name is Kev, and you combine that with Revolution. And yep, Kevolution. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. That's it. That's the show. Thanks to ESPN and the AFL for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.